Hey, Cracked fans, a quick note before we get to today's interview. We recorded this on Thursday, November 5th. We subsequently learned on Sunday, November 8th, that Coach Diaz has positive for COVID-19. The school announcing he is tested positive on Saturday and is now in isolation. He has mild symptoms and is feeling well. I just wanted to add that, of course, I know I speak for all of us when I say we wish him a speedy, a safe, a healthy recovery. We all look forward to seeing he and his team back on court in 2021. Uh, But with that in mind, let's get to our interview with Coach Manny Diaz. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We are so excited to be kicking off our coverage of the 2021 ITA season on today's show. But before we get to today's guests, I just want to lay out what sort of coverage you listeners can expect from us over the next 10 weeks as it relates to college tennis. We did this last year as well, and we are so excited to be running back our series where we interview the coaches from our top 10 teams heading into the 2021 season. Now, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but I will briefly mention Again, this year, we're changing up how we're doing our Crack Rackets polls. Chris Halioris, Matt Stokowiak, and I are going to come together each week during the season to give out our top 10 teams. We have already made our list of our top 10 teams heading into this 2021 season. And so what we're going to be doing over these next 10 weeks here on this podcast, interviewing the coaches from those top 10 teams. Now, I will give you all a little bit of a sneak peek. We actually had a tie for 10th this year, so we're going to be interviewing 11 coaches from the top 11 teams and those interviews kick off this week now I'm not going to give away what our rankings list looks like I will say if you want to read more about what sort of college tennis coverage we have in store for you all go check out our website crackrackets.com but I will say this our opening week we're going to have two interviews from our two coaches tied for number 10 on the list our first interview is of a returning guest here on our Crack Rackets shows the leader in all-time wins in SEC men's tennis again a guy who has become almost synonymous with college tennis over these past 30 years. Manny Diaz, the head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, is going to be joining our show today to talk about the state of his Georgia team, to talk about, you know, they're a young team this year, but they bring back a lot of talent from last year. And last year, you know, they were 9-2 and in limited play, but had gotten a victory over Ohio State right before the season ended. And it looked like there was momentum on their side. It looked like they just, they'd started afresh. They'd started a new at Georgia, and of course, Georgia's had so much success over these past 30 years, really throughout the duration of college tennis. They are maybe the most infamous program throughout the sport, but uh, they have, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, not up to the standards we expect from Coach Diaz, and you know, you can just tell right now he's got a hungry team. They are excited to do some really special things in 2021, and you could hear that excitement in Coach Diaz's voice as we get to today's interview. Of course, Chris Halliores, who joined us last year for all these conversations, going to be joining us once again this year as we ask Manny about the biggest questions about his team heading into the 2021 season. You know, what is the singles, doubles lineups going to look like? How does he think the fact that so many seniors have the opportunity to return in 2021 given their final year was taken from them for circumstances outside of their control? He talks about what it's been like to try and manage and negotiate a team, try and keep everyone together. 
during the midst of a global pandemic. And of course, we have so much fun as well. So very much looking forward to all of you listeners hearing today's conversation. Of course, the reason we are able to do these day in, day out here at Cracked Rackets, provide so much coverage of our beloved college tennis because of the support we get not only from you listeners, not only from our Patreon family, but of course from our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. You know the deal. We want to look good. We want to feel good so that when we go on our court, we play our best as well. That's where our friends come in. You go to Midwest Sports, you're going to find anything you need from a tennis equipment standpoint. All of the best brands, all of the best prices, all on their website, MidwestSports.com. You use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order. You'll get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, you will get a can of free Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, go to AeroBar.com and use that promo code CRACKED15 to order yourself up the only tennis-specific energy bars in the business. And we hear more and more as we do our podcast with our friends at AeroBar, where we focus on the importance of nutrition and fitness. We had Dr. Mark Kovacs on this week. I am recording this and you will have either already heard or you will be hearing later in the week a conversation we had with James Blake and Michael Russell, Jay Berger. They all say it. Nutrition, fitness, two of the most important things in the modern game. Control the controllables. You can do that by ordering up yourself the only tennis-specific energy bar in the business at aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15. And again, look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. All right. With that in mind, let's get to our first interview of our 2021 ITA season preview with University of Georgia men's tennis head coach, Manny Diaz. Joining us on the podcast today, a returning champion here on our Crack Racket show is, of course, you all now know him as the winningest coach in SEC men's tennis history. He has been steering the ship for the University of Georgia now. For the majority of my lifetime, he is a lifelong Bulldog coach, Manny Diaz. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, uh, Alex. Doing great. And I know we got Chris on the line as well, so good to be with you guys. Oh, it is our pleasure to have you, Coach. And obviously, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. We are all very excited to see your team come this 2021 season. But before we get into anything, I have to ask, how have you been these past six, seven, eight months? Obviously, when we last saw you, the college tennis season was stopped. I'm just curious, you know, how have you been handling this pandemic? All is well with you and your family? Well, this falls, uh, you know, we've gotten back to business. And, uh, you know, while it's uh, somewhat different, right and we're having to take a whole lot of uh, precautions and 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 really stay on top of it in order to keep our kids safe and everyone everyone safe uh it's it's been different but um you know we've we've been busy uh i'll say that much which is a little bit different you know the late spring and and summer that was a little different story uh that was uh you know that was a void it seemed like uh and, you know, you just uh, didn't know what to do with yourself after a while. And, uh, you know, we uh, we try to stay busy and uh, stay safe. And but we're you know, we're happy that we've regained a sense of normalcy. So uh, while not 100 percent sort of uh, uh, loose out there uh, because we've got to be very careful and, and we are, uh, you know, at least. You know we're we're working towards something, and and our kids are so much happier and so much better. You know our our team is back together and back to working, 
you know, every day just about. And, uh, you know, they're happy. So, you know, everyone's happy. Uh, you know, we're, we're just working hard and trying to get better. That's what I love to hear. And, of course, we are all looking forward to having college tennis back in our lives. But I'm curious for you because, obviously, you've coached through a lot of scenarios. And I think it's safe to say none of us could have anticipated a global pandemic. None of us could have really prepared ourselves for what these past seven and a half, eight months were going to be. Uh, I'm curious for you. How have you you know, managed to stay in contact with your team? How have you tried to work to make sure everyone stays on the same page through all this well we we've got at the university of georgia and really all sec schools we've got a very stringent set of protocols that uh, you know that we we we've we've been implemented uh you know we're we're allowed to play three events this fall it's it's uh only sec versus sec but uh you know the testing that we do on a weekly basis uh the you know the precautions we take you know our kids get you know, get uh, uh, to answer the, uh, an online uh, questionnaire each and every day in order to be allowed to be on campus and come out to practice. We take precautions when they arrive at the gym or they arrive at the courts. You know, it's been somewhat di- different in, in many ways, but, you know, it, it's great to see these young men uh, just uh, learn to, I guess, adapt, adjust, and and survive and 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 stay healthy uh, i think that uh you know as it's a very difficult situation for you know a lot of a lot of folks out there um and it's good to see our our young men uh on our team just uh you know taking a responsibility for you know for for themselves and for our team and uh they're being quite cautious uh and, uh, you know, I, I think this is, uh, is going to be uh, something that they look back and they, they grew from this experience. Uh, and uh, it's not something, you know, we welcomed, uh, but it's something that we're having to, you know, grow from. So in that respect, uh, you know, uh, we've got to see the positives that, that, that will come out of this. And uh, while this is such a terrible, terrible situation and, and I'm in no way celebrating you know what we're doing uh uh it, it's uh it, you know it's remarkable to see our our kids doing the right things in order to keep our team safe and themselves safe they they they've they're sacrificing a lot right and uh and that uh, is uh rewarding for us to see in in in, in many ways Hey, Coach, it's Chris. So before we get into kind of the guys and the nitty-gritty of the the season upcoming, uh, since since you're the first coach we've had on, and a lot of listeners may not know some of the the things that are happening there, what are some of the, you know, the extra protocols? Like how, what are the guys, what are the things that are, you know, these guys are having to do this year that you haven't had to to do in the past uh, as far as, you know, routine testings and or like you mentioned, filling out a daily survey? Uh, You know, what, what are some of the things that have been kind of imposed whether it be at the the NCAA slash ICA level or just a, a school or even just your own your own policies within the team. Well, I think uh, it's the same uh, here at Georgia. I think uh, than uh, other schools, as far as I know. But uh, you know, we you know we we get we get a, you know you wake up and and every uh, every one of our athletes has a questionnaire they have to fill out based on 
how they're feeling, uh, you know, uh, whether they have any symptoms. Um, uh, you know, they get to the gym in the mornings, uh, you know, for our fitness work and got to come in with masks and, uh, you know, they are temperature checked and, and they have a few questions for them each and every day. The same thing when they come in the afternoon for, for either in the morning later for an individual workout or our team practices in the afternoon, you know, they're just, uh, you know, they're wearing their masks everywhere. They're asked to stay in, in our little bubble. Uh, you know, our kids are not, uh, you know, going downtown and, uh, we ask them not to go to restaurants, uh, and, um, you know, that's a lot of sacrifices on their part, but, you know, they understand that in order for us to have a season, this is what they have to do. So they have to buy in, they have to accept this responsibility that we all have. So those are the little things that we're doing. Again, we're tested, uh, you know, um, uh, every week. And as part of our SEC protocol, I believe it's a 72 hours before any competition. Uh, so, you know, uh, before our three events and, you know, from the, from the first week where we played, uh, I think it's about six weeks ago, we, since we're in season, quote unquote, uh, you know, we've had to test, uh, every week and, uh, and I, I think this will go forward, uh, when we get back in January when, when we start playing, hopefully. Yes. You, you mentioned practices there. Um, what kind of you know, different limitations in, in your practices. I know we went from eight, you know, at some point there we got from the eight to 20 hour weeks, but just uh, are, are things a little different in terms of, I assume there's uh, nobody obviously, but coaches and, uh, and players at the practice, nobody else allowed around. And uh, right. you know, what other kind of differences might there be on the practice course this year? Well, uh, you know, the, the first, I think it was four weeks. It was a lot more uh, strict. Like the players have, were not allowed in our building or in their uh, locker rooms or, or our player lounge, for example. Uh, our meetings took place outside. Coaches, coaching staff and all support staff always has to wear a mask. Uh, the athletes were, you know, obviously uh, one, when they're participating in activities, they don't have to wear the mask, but they come in and out of that facility with their masks on. Uh, you know, in the last, uh, let's see, the last week or 10 days or so, we kind of went to another stage and uh, the kids were allowed in their uh, locker room, uh, but uh, not in our player lounge. They're not hanging, you know, indoors. Uh, we're trying to minimize the time that we spend indoors and uh at the at the facility right and so we, we've been having our you know pre-practice meetings or you know uh out outside and uh you know like i said our coaching staff is using masks and taking you know as many precautions as we can Absolutely. And, you know, Coach, something we have talked about here uh, throughout, uh, you know, this time during this period, especially for some of our listeners who may be looking to enter the college tennis ranks or find themselves, you know, a program where they can spend four years. And I'm curious for you, because something I think everyone across the college tennis spectrum knows, no one can recruit a kid quite like Manny Diaz. And I'm sure, you know, the lack of tournaments, the lack of just availability and the rules put in place by the 
NCAA and ITA, your inability to go see people in person. How has that affected your recruiting, you know, for 2022, 2023? And then you add on top of that the NCAA rules about letting players who had their uh, spring season taken away stay an additional year. I'm curious, how have you handled the recruiting aspect of this pandemic? Well, I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough situation. Honestly, I, I in a way, I, I feel for the kids more than the coaches and the programs. I know we've got a job to do, and it makes our job much more difficult. Um, but uh, you know, it's been it's got to be very tough for the, for the kids. I mean, these kids are trying a very important decision in their lives of where they're going to spend the next four years or. You know, they could be a junior in, in, in high school or a senior in high school if uh, if they haven't made that decision prior prior to the last spring, right? When 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 this came down, uh, you know, they they haven't been able to step uh, onto any campuses. They the, the the communication, obviously, you know, we can continue to make phone calls and and text, so that that communication is there in that regards. But you know, we haven't been able to evaluate kids. Uh, they haven't been able to visit any campuses or us have any contact with any recruits, and and that makes it tough. That uh, you know, especially for for next year, I'll I'll say this much: we're very lucky because uh, you know we we got some commitments uh, earlier or before the the pandemic, uh, so we've got two commitments uh, who will meet, be joining us already next year. So our recruiting for next year was already done. But, you know, uh, for the following year, um, you know, we're sort of uh, going a little bit blindly here. And uh, and hopefully we'll be able to evaluate these kids uh, come next summer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know I speak for all of them, I'm sure, when I say they are hoping for that opportunity as well. I guess just a quick follow-up before we get into your team for this season. For any parents listening to this or any kids who are hearing this who are looking for ways to get in contact, you know, not only with, uh, you know, programs such as Georgia, but just any college coach right now and, you know, get their film in front of you, what would you recommend to those parents, to those kids who are looking to, again, uh, you know, find their pathway? in college tennis what's the best way for them to get in contact with coaches right now well i don't i don't think that changes much uh you know early on they need to be you know making some some contact with with uh you know several coaches you know any kind of school they have an interest in uh you know sending their information and and making them uh making those coaches aware uh, of uh, their interest and, and and that's what we do from from our end as well uh, but we certainly, you know, uh, uh, you know, miss some kids, or you know, you know, may not may not really have a kid in our radar. That uh, you know, all of a sudden we receive an email. Well, you know, this kid expressing some interest. Then we take a deeper look, and you know, we're able to to see where they are ranking wise. Where you know, if they send us a video, we can kind of just break that down a little bit and and gain a little bit more knowledge and. You know, and and we can explain via email or, or a phone call or text. You know where we are in our recruiting situation. You know, it, you know, and everybody's different. You know, you may have, you may have a lot of scholarship available this coming year. You may have very little, and so you know, you have to explain. You know, this is what we have. This is what we're looking for, and uh, you know, you're looking for a good match. Kids, uh, you know, kids are wanting a program that will challenge them, and and coaches are looking for hungry kids that want to get better and 
are, you know, good representatives of their programs and their universities. So, um, you know, coaches do a phenomenal job just uh, checking things out and finding out as much as they can. Uh, and uh, but it always is helpful uh, when information is provided to us. So uh, we always appreciate that. Yeah, on, on that front, Coach, have you? I know you have a small sample size when you only have, you know, 10 guys or so on a team, and especially with your team being uh, maybe of the top schools, probably more uh, American-dominated than a lot of the rosters. But it would seem like in a year like this that coaches would rely on some of their players. Like, say, you had, you know, Phil going back to South Africa or Baptiste, you know, back home. That Have you on your own team or even just heard from others around where – there's a little more reliance of those guys to kind of almost recruit, you know, spread the word for you since you can't really get over there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the case to be honest with you. Um, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we've uh, been very fortunate, you know, we, we had uh Ernest Peters say, uh, I don't know about what was it? Uh, six years ago, whatever. Ernest Peters from South Africa gave way to Wayne Montgomery, uh, who, you know, gave way to Philip Henning uh, out of South Africa. So, uh, you know, the, those, those our kids always help. Uh, you know, our program in that in in that way. And um, so, you know, we've always relied on on our players uh, to to suggest or 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 make people you know international kids in their country aware of uh, you know how we improve our kids or how we compete for championships. And and that's always a beneficial part of that mm-hmm. no absolutely and you know for you coach on that note uh for your roster in particular and I, by the way i'm very happy we'll call it the johan creek pipeline you're just getting all of the south african talent i love to see that uh and, and that's why you have a good uh, assistant right <laughs> Uh, we're working our way there. No, I'll, we'll tell Jamie to get on it. I'll text him after this. I'll be like, come on, coach. You got to step up your game. But, you know, uh, this is a good place for us to pivot to your current roster because you talk about some of those young guys, Chris. I mean, obviously, you get back Trent Bride. You get back Blake Kreuter. I'm sure you're excited to have a young man by the name of Alex Diaz on the roster as well. Phil Henning coming back. Uh, you had a young team last year, and yet you guys really started to have some success early in the season. Nine and two victory over Ohio State before things wrapped up a 4-0 victory as well and obviously those two losses I believe 4-3 on the road to both South Carolina and Texas uh, how are you feeling about the state of your roster your team a lot of talent right now for the Georgia Bulldogs yeah no, we're very excited about our team and you know we still consider them quite young right we uh, we we've got uh, you know our I, I guess our core year, which, uh, you know, we have Trent Bride and, and, and Philip Henning and Blake Croyder and BJ, uh, uh, Johnston, they're all, you'd call them red shirt junior. So we, we still have three more years this year and, uh, two more with those guys. Uh, so we're very fortunate in that regards, you know, some teams, uh, had a lot uh, had a lot of seniors good seniors um, on their team and they returned 
Uh, and so that helped them a lot. Uh, and and it, it, that wasn't the case for us. We had three seniors, uh, but only one of them was on uh, starting lineup, Robert Loeb, towards the bottom of our lineup. And um, and all three of them, uh, you know, one of them went to uh, medical school. The other the other two have nice had nice jobs. Uh, they were great students, had nice jobs, job opportunities waiting for them. So they chose to not return and move on to the next chapter of their lives. And so uh, we we don't have a redshirt uh, senior, uh, but uh, we're lucky to pick up a graduate transfer and Billy Rowe from uh, Vanderbilt University. Uh, Billy really fits in so nicely with our kids. He's such a great guy and great leadership qualities to him. He works extremely hard. And so he's uh, our, our only new addition. Um, uh, uh, other than a nice walk-on we picked up on and Nick Von Helens from South Georgia. But um, we're very excited about our team. Uh, I, I, they they worked very hard even through the, uh, you know, through the uh, summer of COVID uh, and showed up here. You know, Trent Bride uh, really just got a lot stronger. Uh, so did uh, Tyler uh zinc uh both of them are playing extremely well we, you know philip henning has continued you know to to become an elite player uh nationally so we feel like we've really uh we're, we're, we have our top three players from last year in place and uh, a year better i think so that that is going to be you know a good prospect for us um and like i said uh we lost Robert Lowe, but we added Billy Rowe uh, towards uh, you know the uh, the second half of our lineup. Blake Kreuter is continuing to get better, um, and uh, and then we have er Eric Gervelius, uh, Sweden. He was a freshman last year, along with Baptiste and Selmo, and they they uh, certainly provide good depth for our team as well. Yeah, you mentioned the, the young guys from last year, Coach. It seemed like uh, I mean. It would seem like, and obviously things change and guys develop differently over over the summers as they as they age in college. But you know, it kind of seems like you got a top three in some order, right? Of Trent, Tyler, and Philip, uh, and then yeah. and then you bring back, uh, you know, to 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 fill out the bottom three spots uh, on a weekly basis. You got Croyder, you you got Billy Rowe, who I would think would be very hard to keep out of the lineup. Uh, and then you got Eric and you got Anselmo and, you know, Anselmo was kind of coming on towards the tail end of last year, making yes. his way into the lineup. And, uh, and I thought, yep, he's, that's going to be his spot next year. And then all of a sudden Billy comes in and now, now we're back into a battle. It feels like, so, uh, you know, what's that? Yeah. Bottom, what, what are you thinking about that bottom half of the lineup? Well, they're competing hard and they are pushing each other, uh, on a daily basis. Honestly, uh, you know, it, it's 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 good competition. Com competition is healthy, and you know, same thing. You know, whether the, the the top three, you know, they're all competing for the top spot, and uh, you know, in the bottom, you know, we've we've, you know, you, you know, you've got Blake Croyder really pushing these guys to the top as well. So you know, whether you're competing for one of the top spots or you know the middle of the lineup or you know the the bottom of the lineup our guys are very unselfish and and really uh, you know as always you know we have a very close team kind of uh culture and uh you know everybody helps uh, make everybody better uh and 
and that's the name of the game with us. So, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's really, really uh, happy and, uh, and working extremely hard. How about the, how about let's let's talk or transition a little onto the double side. So obviously you know you lose Robert Loeb, who I you know jokingly called the biggest joke playing three doubles last year because he's one of the best doubles players in the country, uh, and so you lose him and and you know the year before with he and Zelinsky who were so good. What's yeah. the what's the doubles look? You know, do you have some good kind of pairings already with these guys, or is it a pretty fresh start trying to find those doubles pairings that match this year? Well, um, you know, we had uh, our number one and number two teams last year finished the year ranked like, what, 10 and 11 in the nation. Yeah. Uh, and they're back, uh, you know, uh, as a whole, right? As a doubles team, they're both back. So, you know, we've got those options. And, uh, you know, we, we lost Robert Loeb, who was a doubles All-America, but we added another doubles All-America and Billy Rowe. Um, and um, so uh, in, in these first two tournaments i was you know i was trying uh billy Rowe with eric gravelius and and they really just had a a, a great week la last week in in south carolina when we played our tournament i thought they had tremendous chemistry but you know in practice we get to kind of just peek at, you know and keep the door open for maybe possible different com combinations we're just always looking for good chemistry and uh, i'm i'm you know i'm quite happy with with uh, our our guys, even if we tried new combinations, but uh, you know, I'm probably uh, leaning right now to to keep our one and two teams, uh, you know, that we had last year. They've got great chemistry. They enjoy playing with each other. They're very good doubles teams. Um, we just got got to get better at it. <laughs> We've got to continue to stay hungry and and improve in certain areas of our games and and you know try to come up with the best number three team that we can and have that team challenge and 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 challenge the other guys and uh you know i i, I always believe in and uh the cream rises to the top uh so you know where 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 they're each gonna be i don't know you know what's gonna happen in in three or four months from now but uh they'll they'll all have the opportunity to prove themselves yeah, and let me just, as you said, let me speak on behalf of college tennis fans everywhere. The lineup tinkering, Chris, is probably the thing we miss most. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was very, I was actually really encouraged, as, as as Coach just alluded to, with Billy and Eric last week. You know, you've got a lot of the SEC teams, you know, like you do every year, trying trying out different doubles lineups, right? And they, they picked up a couple right. of good wins over an A and M pairing and another one over a Florida pairing last week. So uh, yep. you know that's if you've got you know when you come back with two of the top teams and you're and you're trying some things out and 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 you beat you know the the two schools that are you know many people are going to say there's your top three in the SEC uh, and, and you come out uh, on top there your you know doubles are looking pretty good. Our doubles uh, should be should be decent, but you know, I'm telling you, the, the SEC is going to be so tough this year. Um, you know, I I, I really just uh, think that you know Florida, Texas A&M, uh, you know South Carolina, Kentucky are all potentially top ten uh, teams and and possibly top five teams. So uh, we're all going to be compete, competing for conference and national you know championships uh and so and 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 more you know more uh, i'm not excluding the other ones uh those are the ones that i've seen in the last two weeks so i mean our challenge 
is uh, is very is very big. Uh, you know, it's a steep road, and it's a it's a very challenging, uh, fast conference. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And to follow up on that, and you know, I won't ask you to say what you know to criticize or praise the decision, but obviously, it's the reality we live with. The NCAA affording that extra year of eligibility to all of those seniors who had their final season wiped away for you know circumstances outside of their control, and you know, obviously, that is going to impact this college tennis season. You look at the amount of talent that has returned across the board. You look at the way transfers have impacted some of the rosters on this uh, for this year season. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you look at college tennis this year and you look, you know, over these past couple of months, Chris and I have talked about these players who are leaving the past five years, the J.J. Wolfs, the Torpegards, the, you know, Nuno Borgeses of the world are going out and having such success. They're racing to the top 500 of the ATP rankings. Would you say that this 2020-2021 season arguably could be the most loaded season in college tennis history, just the sheer amount of talent across the country? Well, very possibly. Um, you know, we've lost, like you said, some really just outstanding players uh, from last year. But at the same time, I mean, I will never see again, you know, so many fifth-year seniors, uh, you know, sixth-year in some cases, uh, you know, and, and other teams' uh, uh, rosters. And, you know, but I don't, I don't find that, you know – you know, it doesn't do any good to complain. Actually, I, 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 I I'm happy that uh, you know uh, kids see such value in college tennis uh, as far as from a developmental uh, point of view, right? Um, if they didn't think college tennis uh, was not great for them, they'd they'd be gone. Um, and so to see you know so many of the uh, of the players come back, you know. Uh, Duarte Valle and Andrade for Florida, and just to name a few, you know, Vashiro and Habib uh, and uh, Aguilar for A&M. Those are some of the ones we saw last week. Uh, Kyle Seelig, I think, is in this, his sixth year uh, at Ohio State. You know, that's that's phenomenal. That speaks volumes for college tennis and what these kids uh, know they can get out of uh, playing college tennis. And while we didn't really have uh, seniors that came back, you know, I'm excited because, hey, I'm going to have Trent Bride, uh, Blake Kreuter, Philip Henning for a fifth year in two years. <laughs> so <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're going to benefit from that, uh, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just think it, it, makes, uh, it makes our college system uh, even better. No, I completely agree with you. It is going to be such a fun season. Hopefully we get to that season. And to get to something you were alluding to with your team culture, obviously last year in particular felt like a really young team. And yet, correct me if I'm wrong, because some of this was a little body language doctoring on my part. It's the eye test. You seem to really embrace the youthfulness of last year's team. And there seemed to be a continuity. I don't want to say that was lacking in Georgia tennis before, but uh, or, you know the past season, couple of seasons seasons before, but it just seemed to be a renewed spirit among the roster. Is that a fair characterization to say there's something about this group of young guys that you seem, I don't know, particularly fond of? You know, uh, you hit it on the nail. A great observation, to be honest with you. You know, while while we didn't have terrible years, uh, you know, we weren't in the top five or 
you know, we we kind of just for one or two years there, we we kind of dipped a little bit. And um, last year, uh, while you know, it's like we had three freshmen and three sophomores in the lot in the lineup. Um, what made it so special is the enthusiasm and the hunger and the passion and the work ethic that this young group uh, brought to me, uh, a veteran coach, you know, of many moons. Uh, and honestly, their hunger and their passion and their work ethic, uh, it, it, it really gave me just, I was so excited about this group. And, uh, you know, to see them, you know, in the spring that young, uh, you know, maturing the, the, as quickly as they did to be able to, you know, get a win uh, against Tennessee. And honestly, you know, the match on the road against Texas, you know, uh, you know, we one of our freshmen, you know, had was, was sick with the flu and and we barely lost to the Texas a very good team and and then we came back and beat ohio state and tennessee and i i really was just uh back to having tremendous fun and uh really just uh, very excited about our future yeah so what kind of uh you know obviously you haven't had a lot of of team activities this year with being limited to the three events but what kind of expectations of either you or the guys set i mean i would i would anticipate that coming back the way you kind of finished uh, the interrupted season last year that there there's some pretty high uh high lofty goals if you will if not expectations but that the guys are looking for well absolutely well they 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 got a taste of it right and while you know it was extremely disappointed to not be able to finish the season uh we we got we got we got sort of a partial view right of what we we're capable of and so you know, just what I told them, uh, you know, throughout the summer when they were on their own, you know, you, we, you could be complaining about your situation or you could be, you know, you could be doing something that others are not able or willing to do uh, who are not as, as self-motivated as you. And so, you know, we challenged them to make the most out of whatever situation they were stuck in, uh, you know, to work on their strengths. Some of these guys, you know, created home gyms in their garages uh, they 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 went out for you know regular runs and uh, you know some of them were able to practice more than others, some of them were limited, but they had to be creative, right? And so you, you can you know you can whine and complain and and feel sorry for you know what you what you have or what you don't have or what you you know not capable of doing during the summer. Uh, and the same thing for you know this fall. You know it, while we're limited, we're blessed that we're playing three events. Most of the nation is not able to do that. Uh, you know, and we have control over you know the number of hours we come out and how much how much do you do you want to get better? How much how hard do you want to work? Uh, and so our kids are, are just uh, self motivated. We've had more individual uh, work with them uh, than ever. Um, and so uh, we're we're excited. We just got to keep working, and you know we got to be ready. We we just all, what we can do is uh, you know do the most with what we've got and be as prepared to take advantage of the situation whenever this thing opens up completely. And so we're you know that's what we're doing, controlling the controllables. Yeah, and you just so I think I might be mistaken, but I think you've had all of your guys 
there in the fall? Is that true? I know a lot of the schools just because yes. of the situation have had had you know many of their kids out overseas playing futures, taking the fall off. But you've you've had the whole team there, have you not? That's correct. Yes, we're all here. Yeah, so that I mean that I would I would think I mean that obviously can't hurt team chemistry. You know, everybody getting to be together the whole fall. Uh, yeah. where some other teams might be just sort of coming in a little fresher in, in January. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll take it this way. It keeps us busy and it keeps us working and trying to improve these kids and um, and be ready for the spring. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And in terms of getting ready for the spring, I know there's a big coaches convention at the start of December. I think I'm going to sneak into some of those Zooms. I'm just hopefully if you see that little Alex Gruskin in the corner coach, that's me. Um, but, you know, I know there are still a lot of questions heading into this season. And as you mentioned it there, you can only control the controllables. But what is the general feeling heading into 2021? Do you think we're going to have your standard ITA kickoff weekend? We're going to have a national indoors or do you think as for so many sports it's going to have to start out regional based well i'd be guessing uh i'm not part of the operating committee and i'm not sure if i was i'd be allowed to tell you what (laughs) (laughs) i don't think a decision has been made but uh you know they're 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 trying to to have it and they're they're looking at uh every possibility i understand the university of illinois is still keen on hosting national indoors in chicago um you know the we just got to make sure that uh you know uh everybody's on board and you know we were having some discussions uh you know within our uh region ita region we're having some discussions at the sec level as to what our spring is is going to look like we we still not 100 percent sure we're you know we're pretty confident uh, that if this unless this does you know just kind of goes south i i think that barring you know some terrible news and and this really really getting much worse that we're going to have some kind of season you know are we uh going to be limited in any way are we going to be uh you know limited to playing only an uh, intra conference schedule are we going to be allowed to you know, play a non-conference schedule. Are we uh, are we going to have the kickoff and and national indoors? Those are two you know questions that are uh, are not we're not able to answer right now. We're working through those right uh, things right now, and I hopefully uh, can have a, you know a, a little bit clearer picture. Uh, we all can um, in, in about a month or so. Um, I, I think uh, that at much higher levels. Uh, with the SEC commissioner, with our presidents and athletic directors, uh, they're they're going to be making some decisions, and you know we're all going to be consulted and part, be a part of it. But this this is uh, you know like the pandemic decisions. This is a decision that that will be made at the highest levels. So, so along those lines, Coach, let's just say, and again, obviously we all have no idea what's actually going to happen. But for the sake of argument, let's say that you know. ITA kickoff and indoors was was called off. You had mentioned some talks amongst the SEC. Is it possible that, you know, should that happen, that we might see a more either conference or regional specific, like maybe the SEC would say, hey, let's have an SEC uh, type tourney. Would there be enough time to sort of throw something like that together? Because I would assume if that was going to be the case, people would probably be planning that contingency now already. 
Yeah, um, I haven't heard of uh, an SEC event uh, taking place of the national indoors because, honestly, we're we're counting on having a national indoor right now. Um, we're hoping anyway. Um, so we haven't really gotten to that, um, you know, moment where we kind of put our heads together. But as a as a uh, as a group, uh, uh, at an SEC level, we've just agreed to start having some weekly uh, conference calls and discussing our schedules and 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 making plans uh, as this spring approaches as to you know how to best you know maximize I guess. I guess whatever comes down the pipe. Weekly calls. Wow, George is protesting already. Funnel <laughs> <laughs> dick coach, you said. Sorry. <laughs> well, we're trying to be proactive, right? So we can give you, so I can give you some better answers yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, you know, we uh, you know we've got a lot of things to kind of sort through here. No, absolutely. Well, you know, Coach, again, I want to have some fun with you here before we let you go. So I'm going to go around the board here, a couple of questions. Some will relate to this season, some won't. Let's start with, uh, you know, at at the University of Georgia, and I should say as the son of an OB-GYN, this is a topic that means a lot to me. Does Coach Hunt know that he doesn't have to have a child every nine months, that it's allowed to have a little bit of a vacation? You can be like, okay, this kid's going to be three years older than this kid, who's going to be six years older than this kid. Because I swear there's a new hunt every, entering the world every nine months. Well, he's got four. He, he just had twins, right? So mm-hmm. he's got four under four and a half. So <laughs> it's a busy hunt household. Yeah, unbelievable. At least we know where the next generation of Georgia talent is. Yeah. Uh, no, and obviously a huge congratulations to him and his wife. That's why I wanted to sneak that in. Um. Absolutely. All right. Another fun one for you. I am sure there were a ton of Zoom meetings with your team over the summer, whether it's just a little thing to get your training programs uh, on track, whatever it may be. If there was any member of your team who, if you had the mute function, you could just mute them for the entire Zoom conference, who would you have picked? Hmm. We don't have a lot of big talkers on our team, you know. (laughs) Uh, but uh, you know, if I had to pick one, and 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 he'd love me picking on him, uh, I'd probably have to say Blake Croyder because he's probably the funniest guy we have. <laughs> no, that is yeah. There's always one, right? There's always got to be a troublemaker. <laughs> he's not a troublemaker. He's <laughs> No, that is great to hear. Well, then uh, another question for you. I know you guys are getting a new outdoor facility at Georgia, and you know, hopefully, we will be able to see that facility in its glory uh, during 2021. But curious how it feels for you to be in the new stadium after you know being in McGill all of these years. Oh, it was phenomenal just opening up uh, last year. I believe it was Ohio State, our first outdoor match, and mm-hmm. just to see that beautiful stadium, and and, and honestly, just seeing. Uh, the fans. Uh, we had a great crowd. It was a beautiful day. And just to see the lower part of that stadium, that grandstand, uh, you know, just all chair back seats. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. Uh, and uh, it'll be there. Uh, it'll be an asset for our program for years to come. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to get down there for my first match. It's going to happen. Hopefully this season, again, I'm shooting for like that March range, let's hope. But, uh, you know, it would be, yeah, I got to get down there. We'd love to have you and, uh, you know, be happy to have you as my guest. Ah, thank you. Do I have to wear red? I feel like I should wear red probably on the occasion. If you're going to be my guest, you bet. <laughs> 
No yellow, I mean, no yellow, no orange. Those <laughs> I can be I can get I can get down with that. That works for me. I like it. Absolutely. Oh no, you you got blue and blue and yellow. <laughs> it's true, you know. More and more. Toss you a Mississippi State shirt, Gross. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I say this all the time to every coach we interview. I am very bribable. Like, if I have a Georgia sweater in the mail, I will be rocking the Bulldogs. I, you know. I'll be sure to have one for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, as Chris knows, his nephew Trevor has me, you know, a, Lu- a Liberty University shirt. And, you know, I'm Jewish and I'm rocking Liberty everywhere I go. So it doesn't even matter. Uh, you know, I will rock any of them. But uh, obviously, again, a couple of fun questions for you down the home stretch uh, for your team. Again, Chris kind of talked about expectations earlier and I'm sure you don't want to you know it's match by match I, I I can hear the answer already but let's be honest coach SEC title do the Bulldogs have that in them this season oh I think I think we're definitely in the hunt uh competition will be fierce but uh yeah that's our goal uh we certainly uh don't want to settle for anything else and uh we'll play hard and we'll try to play our best each and every time and you know, take care of one match at a time, like you said. It's it's a long, long season, even if it's just uh, an SEC round robin season. Uh, uh, it'll be quite the challenge because there's you know in the SEC there's no days off, there's no easy matches, and so it'll be a big uh, a big challenge. But uh, you know our goal is is to win the SEC championship, and from there, uh, you know if we do that, we'll 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 be able to compete for a national championship. Yeah, absolutely, and we look forward to seeing that. Well, then, my last question for you, and I sort of alluded to this earlier, and you talked about uh, clearly college tennis as a developmental path. More and more players are viewing it as such a valuable tool. But you know, obviously, you have seen multiple generations, and I say this because I not to date you, but to you know draw on your expertise here, Coach. I promise. Uh, you know, you have seen the Isners of the world come through. You have seen the Bryan brothers of the world spend a year in college tennis, and it does seem like now more than ever we have these players not just the one-year wonders but you know the people staying two three four years then going out on the pro tour and having success why do you think that's the case what in college tennis right now do you think is working so well that players on both the men's and women's side continue to you know see it as a useful tool well i mean we have more and more good coaches in college tennis uh we have more uh you know we have more um resources uh you know we've got better strength and fitness coaches we've got better facilities uh we can uh, develop the player uh in in more ways than we did 25 30 years ago um and so uh the competition uh continues to improve you know i don't particularly think that players today i mean it's it's i mean i'm not comparing generation uh you know this generation with four generations ago obviously the game has evolved and it's become a lot more physical um and so you know that's another uh, reason why um you know if you go to college two three four years um you know you don't really lose a whole lot uh when it comes to uh the length of your career as a pro you're actually better prepared um, and uh, hopefully can, you know, climb through the, the rankings uh, once you leave college tennis. You, you can climb through those rankings a little bit quicker. Um, and, uh, you know, up in the, uh, up in the, the upper echelon, the top 100 in the, in the world, if, if, if you're good enough, uh, a lot quicker. And, and, it, and it, you know, the studies 
you know, point to to the fact that uh, you know your your life as a pro is averages about what seven years, and it doesn't matter if it starts at 22 or at 18. Um, and that's just uh, that's just a fact. That's just uh, you know the numbers uh, speaking for themselves. So uh, you know I think everybody realizes all these things, and and they feel like uh, college is a is a definite pathway to uh, you know to be becoming a serious or a top uh, you know world class player. And so we benefit from all these things. Uh, but again, uh, you know we're seeing more and more good coaches and 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 support from athletic departments uh uh to a degree that it helps it helps raise the level throughout the nation so, so coach i have uh, one last one for you one of the things i love about college tennis obviously is the fact that you know the coaches get to be on court and interact with the players and it's and it's a lot of funny for the fans to watch and i think one of my my most many uh uh, moments, and I want to see if you. It, it, there's probably so many for you; they just all run together. But let, let's <laughs> see if you can call this one out. Middle of a tie break, one of your players, you say to him, "If you hit one more bleeping ball to his forehand," and I won't <laughs> say what you said after that. You know what match I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, um, th- there's been several situations kind of close to. <laughs> Let's let's just say it was the SEC championship, the last one you won uh, at the uh, in Knoxville. Yeah, <laughs> was it a meal? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> although it's the- so classic, a meal is just pounding balls to Strali's forehand. Yeah, and you, and you tell him if you hit one more ball to his freaking forehand. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, that now. Yeah. Yeah. That, in the, awesome. that was in the finals, right? That was Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the finals. Yeah. Yep. And that was the last match too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was uh fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we all had a laugh. We all had a laugh on the way home. <laughs> but at the time I, I, I wasn't getting through to the guy. Uh, maybe he was a little bit too nervous or whatever. I had yeah. to get his. I had to get his attention. Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever works for you, coach. And obviously, again, uh, I will leave us on a rhyme for you, Chris, so that you feel like you get your full experience here. Whenever college tennis emerges from these hazy fogs, I know I speak for us all. We're looking forward to watching the Georgia Bulldogs. So, Coach Manny Diaz, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Obviously, hope you and your family and your team stay safe and healthy through all of this. And, you know, we look forward to seeing you all compete during this 2021 season. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Yeah, always, Coach. Take care. Good luck to you guys. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with University of Georgia men's tennis head coach Manny Diaz. Of course, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to speak with Manny. At a minimum, you're going to learn two, three, four new things just from his experience, his wisdom. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with him. A funny guy as well, and clearly just that passion he has for college tennis, that flame uh, is still so clearly lit. And so I know I speak for all of us when I say, and we talked about it in the podcast again, uh, it's a really exciting 
time to be a Georgia men's tennis fan. This team does feel special. They've got a lot of talent, and they're young. But if they, you know, if things go the right way, if things break correctly for them, they could certainly have some fun results. Again, all of this assuming we have a 2021 season, which hearing from Coach Diaz, hearing from some of these other coaches we've already spoken with, uh, that is still a major question and said it is something, of course, we will continue to explore here at Cracked Rackets as we prepare all of you listeners for the 2021 college tennis season. If you missed any of our coverage on Georgia, go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. Again, it's Matt Stokowiak doing a preview of their team on in article form on our website, CrackedRackets.com. It's myself, Chris, and Matt talking about them on a podcast. Not sure if we released it as a G- GSP or mini break podcast as of recording this intro outro. I believe that's going to be on the GSP feed, but again, we'll give our thoughts on what we think they should look like from a lineup perspective, how their talent matches up with some of the other loaded rosters across the country. And again, you can find all of this content on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, there are so many other things going on in the tennis world. Professional tennis still moving forward. Only a couple of weeks left down to our final two. And so if you missed any of the action you want to catch up before this season ends, again, the website is CrackRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, and Inside Out Podcast. Of course, you need those more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly. I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobart. You know the deal. Look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobart, Cracked Rackets. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Go to Aerobart.com. Use the promo code Cracked15. But with that being said, for our wonderful guest, head coach Manny Diaz, our my wonderful co-host, Chris Hallioris, our super producers, Max Flickner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.